0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome on into another episode of the Big Tilts. I am excited. To get this episode kicked off. And as you can see, tonight I am solo. Sorry for being a little bit late, trying to find another guest, couldn't make it happen. However, I could not skip this episode because I've been talking about it since the summer. I've been all over this. And I, week 10, it's week 10. Week 10 is here for DFS. This is something that I've been talking about once again all off season, guys. I am so, so, so excited to break down this slate. I mean, you could check my pinned tweet. It's been there since July, right? We have Tua on by. We have Hurts on by. We have Mahomes on by. We got Stafford, although he's hurt, he's on by. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, of course, Fields, all not on this slate. Meanwhile, Anthony Richardson is hurt, but he wouldn't be on this slate either. I mean, there are so, so many different directions that we can go at the quarterback position this week because none of the (laughs) studs are up there. None of the studs are up there. And as you guys can hear in the background, sorry about my, my barking dogs. I'm, I'm dog sitting. So if you hear some of that noise in the background, please excuse it. But regardless, we are excited, excited to play this slate. And I can't wait to kick it off. I can't wait to actually start to break it down. I mean, there are a few injuries, right? And as we look at the slate as a whole, there's one game that you really want to target. But there are some games that you could see absolute shootout. So I'm ready to break this down with y'all. Excited to get this kicked off. I hope you guys are ready too. Let's go ahead and start this show. All right. We have, once again, this killer slate. Let me go ahead and pull up everything that we are going to dive into. Let's see, let's see. We've got it up right here. And once again, as I talked about, we're going to see plenty of quarterbacks in the 6K range, plenty of quarterbacks in the 5K range to really dive into and figure out what direction we want to go. And as we discuss this first breakdown, this first section of it, we want to talk about some of the studs, some of the guys that we really want to build our our stacks around. Let's go ahead and let's discuss some of those guys. Obviously, you have Geno Smith with Metcalf, Lockett, JSN going one of those directions. That's going to be an exciting game to stack. But the one that I really want to get into and the one that I can't really get off of, even with the chalk, is the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, Aminos St. Brown, and running it back with either Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler. Now, there are a couple of different ways that, that you can make this different because that stack, that set is going to be super chalk, right? We're getting a little bit of a discount with Jared Goff instead of going with Justin Herbert. And of course, we're going to see Amon Ross St. Brown, decent price. Keenan Allen, good price. Austin Eckler is a little bit expensive, but I still could see that route coming, especially with the, the work that he gets in the receiving game. So I'm 100% on board with playing that, but how are we going to get different? How are we going to get special? I think that the answer here is Donald Parham or Gerald Everett going with the tight ends. Now, I don't love Gerald Everett, but he's been playing well. It's just he's not seeing the volume. So we could hope for a touchdown. Guys, really? We're trying to do a podcast here. Can you calm down? Thank you. Now, Gerald Everett, you know, we can hope for that touchdown, might not come. He's been efficient with the targets he's received, but he hasn't seen the volume. Meanwhile, Donald Parham, if he can get into that end zone, he's given you double-digit fantasy points in two out of the past four games at home. Now, one of those games, keep in mind, was without Gerald Everett in the lineup, and he should be there this week. However, Donald Parham just has that massive upside that could allow you to get there. That's one of the routes that I want to go. That's one of the stacks that I want to build on. The other one, the lock that I have this week is Sam Howe. I think he's extremely interesting. We brought up Geno Smith, right, and trying to run it with with double stacks on Metcalf and Lockett or Lockett and JSN or Metcalf and JSN. But I'd actually rather play the other side of this game because I think it's going to see a little bit less ownership. And with Sam Howell's pricing, it makes some of these higher tier guys easy to play. You know, if you want to try and get the the Jamar Chase's in your lineup, if you want to try and get the CMCs in your lineup, who, by the way, I also love this week, Sam Howell makes that possible. Now, the Seahawks, they've actually been really good on the outside. So I don't know that I want to go run out Terry McLaurin with this or even Jahan Dotson, who has been playing about 30 to 40% of his snaps in the slot. However, Jamison Crowder, I mean, not only is that a flyer for you, right, and brings down the budget, I mean, but it also just makes sense because of how the Seahawks play defense. Antonio Gibson is another dude who I would love to get into these lineups. I mean, the Seahawks haven't allowed a single rusher over 67 yards, not named Keaton Mitchell. However, they have allowed at least four receptions or 50 yards receiving in six of eight games thus far on the season. So that's a strong play at the running back position. Obviously, Antonio Gibson getting more involved as of late. Now, I will say that the two games that they didn't end up allowing 67 yards, or I'm sorry, four receptions or 50 yards, they allowed three rushing touchdowns to the running backs in each game. So Brian Robinson is a contrarian play. I don't mind getting him in there if you go and you play the Seahawks side with Geno Smith and the double stack. However, if I'm playing Sam Howell, man, that is just a sexy, sexy way to start your lineups. So I'm going to start with that. I'm going to go ahead and build up with Sam Howell this week. Let's go ahead and let's plug him into our lineups. Where are we looking? Sam Howell. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to look into Jamison Crowder at 3,400. Absolutely love that. And then Antonio Gibson. So well, as you can see, we are starting out hot. We have 6k remaining per player. Let's go ahead and plug in a placeholder at defense. Uh, let's see. I guess we can go with uh I don't know. We'll say we'll just say the Lions up against the Chargers and bet against that game, hitting the over. Obviously, without us playing Jared Goff and or and or uh, Justin Herbert. That's a, a heavy heavy leverage game where we could also go ahead and pair that up with the running back. Now it's a little bit nerve wracking, right? Cause Jameer Gibbs could end up taking work away from David Montgomery, but David Montgomery is healthy. If we think that it's going to be a little bit slower pace of play in terms of, of plays per game and a little bit lower scoring, I think that David Montgomery is probably the safer play in that uh, versus, you know, talking shootout wise. So we're sitting here with 6,500 left per player. I mean, we're sitting here with all, all the love in the world allowed to to be put on to this roster. And I guess I want to go and I want to pivot over to the tight end position and figure out exactly where we want to try and line this up to to get in on this game. Now, Taysom Hill is sexy with his workload that he's seen lately at 5,100. But I'm going to go ahead, and I know that Hawkinson is questionable right now, and I might be able to pivot off of him, but TJ Hawkinson at 5K is pretty insane. We know that Josh Dobbs loves the tight end position. Look what he was doing with, with McBride, of course, and even with Ertz while Ertz was, was still getting snaps. So I actually really love uh, TJ Hawkinson in this case at 5K. I'm going to go ahead and throw him in there in hopes that he ends up coming away with a touchdown or two. Meanwhile, we now have 7K left per guy. I mean, we could throw Amon Ross St. Brown, mix him in with a, a little bit lower end guy. Uh, We'll talk about some of these other guys that I I actually want to play this week here in a little bit. But Christian Kirk makes a lot of sense up against San Francisco. I I love that play. Uh, Meanwhile, we have Calvin Ridley if I wanted to to go that route as well. If I think that it's going to be a situation where Trevor Lawrence is going to have to drop back and pass. I I think we see 40 passes out of Trevor Lawrence this week at least. I'm hitting the over on that every single time. Where do we want to go? I mean, the the world is our oyster. This DFS slate is our oyster. I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to plug in Christian Kirk, which leaves me with 7,500. Now, I, I'm gonna I want to see I want to see St. Brown succeed, but I can't end up going that route with them, which is why I'm going to go ahead and go CD Lamb for these higher end guys. Uh, obviously, with this type of lineup, if I was playing somebody other than the Lions defense, then i St. Brown would actually make a lot of sense in this one in terms of trying to get those touchdowns and think of the Detroit could run the table up against the chargers, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to plug CD lamb into this one. Hopes that we see the volume. I mean, the last time they played, he had like what four receptions for 70 something yards. I mean, and, and honestly, they didn't even have to score, right? They were pretty much had that game in the bag by halftime. So I'm going to take CD lamb. Uh, He's been cooking lately. Let me go ahead and pull up his profile. 32 fantasy points, 44 fantasy points, 21.7. I'm going to keep riding this train, right? This price is going to keep him off the chalk to an extent, although I do see some opportunities to play him. But I I think that we're going to see a minimum 10 targets from him this game. I think that he gets in the end zone a couple times. I'm going to go ahead and lock in CeeDee Lamb to this lineup. Meanwhile, we're still sitting pretty with 6,600 left at the flex position. Now I like, I like a few different guys in this range. Debo Samuel, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. For me, is is a sneaky play. Uh, I'm not going to go with him in this case, just because we're, you know, I, I could see a run back situation, but we kind of don't want this game to blow up. Although I do have Christian Kirk in there, it is correlative. I guess I could play Debo Samuel; it would make some sense. But I, in this situation, I'd much rather have the. New Orleans Saints, and the Minnesota game shootout because I think that the ownership on Derek Carr and Joshua Dobbs are going to be significantly lower than what we're going to see from the uh, 49ers with Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy, I don't think he's going to be chalk, but I think we're going to see north of 7 8% on that. So I'd much rather see Chris A- Chris Olave go off over there in the Saints and Minnesota matchup. So we're sitting pretty. The lineup, Sam Howell, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, Jamison Crowder, Christian Kirk, CeeDee Lamb, TJ Hawkinson, and Chris Alave with the Lions defense. Going to go ahead and enter this in. Whew. That was a lot, guys. I'm, I'm going right now. I'm shaking. I'm moving. We're, we're doing this solo. And I guess I need a little bit of a breather, right? I need a little bit of a breather. So let's go ahead and check out a word from our sponsors
0: it has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from pick 'em games, specifically underdog pick 'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you can 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go cousins Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than Madison, less than, but also Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the Underdog Pickems, and you use promo code Underworld to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in a hundred, Underdog matches that deposit up to a hundred bucks with promo code Underworld. Go start picking. That's
1: right. Go start picking. All right. So we have another lineup to build, of course, for this DFS show. Let's go ahead and pull up our our choices here and where we want to go. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, super sexy, uh, except for this week. Right. He's been hitting on all cylinders. He's been getting us as fantasy points. But this week, I don't think is it for him up against the Cleveland Browns. Who we know have been very, very good this far. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's healthy. I think that the Browns are gonna be able to move the ball a little bit, but this is gonna be an under on this game with two of the top defenses in the NFL. Uh, meanwhile, we have Stroud, we have Justin Herbert, as we talked about previously. We've got Joe Burrow, we got. De- Scott we got Jared Goff and, and like I talked about Jared Goff for me is somebody that is going to make it into the majority of these lineups so I do want to build this lineup around Jared Goff obviously we're going to talk a little bit about this but Amon Ross St. Brown I think is in a absolute dream scenario matchup against the Chargers who hey they suck in the slot sometimes it just happens it happens I think that Amon Ross St. Brown uh, comes out of this game with at least one touchdown. Most likely we're talking about eight plus receptions could get to that hundred yard mark pretty easily. I'm locked in with Aminor, St. Brown, Jared Goff is my stack. I think that Sam LaPorta here is interesting. I think that we could play a Jameer Gibbs. If we think that this game will end up shooting out, which I mean, if we're playing this one, we absolutely think it will. And with it being the highest game on the slate in terms of projected points, I think we're sitting at 48.5 currently. Uh, this game could easily smash that. So I'm going to go heavy on this one. I want some double stacks. I want some double runbacks. So I'll start out with Jared Goff, Ross, St. Brown. How do we get this different? And I think the, the answer is David Montgomery, who obviously isn't the pass catcher in this offense. I think we're going to see plenty of Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown type builds. Typically, those are going to align with Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. I think that a way to get different with that is with David Montgomery, who still could end up getting the goal line work. We know that the Chargers struggle up against the running back, especially in the center. Yeah, I'm locking in David Montgomery into this Jared Goff, Aminoros, St. Brown build with Keenan Allen as the run back. Now, I'm interested. I'm interested to see if I can fit Austin Eckler into this just because of pure volume, but I'm not going to throw it out there yet. I am, however, going to throw out some Donald Parham. I think that not only does this make a difference, uh, but it does offer some significant upside in terms of where this game could actually go. I like it. I'm going with it. And I think that Donald Parham ha- should have plenty of opportunities to score. Meanwhile, Keenan Allen it should see the volume. Let's go ahead and throw a placeholder defense in there. We're going to have to go super cheap. Uh, I think that the Cardinals are in an interesting spot. We know that Taylor Henneke will turn the ball over from time to time. Uh, I really would would not like to bet up against the San Francisco 49ers just because I think that CMC could have a massive game, and I really like Debo this week. Uh, meanwhile, I, I don't want to play the Giants up against Dallas. I just don't want to do it. So I'm going to run out the Cardinals. I think that we're we're talking about a little bit of a sticky situation. But let me talk about some guys that I actually want to avoid this week that I don't want in my lineups. And that guy in particular is Evan Ingram. You know, we're talking about what we're talking about tight ends. We're trying to explore. And Evan Ingram comes in at I think the eighth most expensive running back on, I mean, I'm sorry, tight end on this slate. And and people are all over him right now. And I really don't understand it because they got the 49ers. And I I guess I get some aspect of this because he has seen at least seven targets in every single week since week two. But I I just, I can't get behind it. The 49ers give up the least amount of yards per reception to the tight ends, the lowest reception rate, and they've only allowed one tight end, I mean, one touchdown on the season to a tight end, which is number two in the NFL. I did see Hock go off two weeks ago, or was it three weeks ago? Hawk went off, but no other tight end has, and they've played a gauntlet of tight ends. They've played Friar They played Higby without Cooper Cup. They played Darren Waller off of two hot games where he thought Darren Waller was still good, right? He played Ertz slash McBride. He played Fergie, right? And then Njoku. That's a brutal tight end lineup. And honestly, I'm just, uh, they all got shut down. I don't want to hop onto that we've seen the 49ers just completely eliminate the tight end position as an option. I'm not on board. So I'm going to be fading Evan Ingram and I'm hesitant to run out Rashad white. I mean, he's going to be super chalky. I think he's going to see over 20% and you avoid him, And he doesn't have an excellent game at his price. You're talking about knocking off the board, 20% of the board pretty easily. I'm going to go ahead and fade Rashad white. So those are the two guys that I want to avoid. Yeah, sure. Joe Mixon did not make the list this week. I, I don't I'm not playing Joe Mixon this week, but I, I don't hate him like I normally do. It makes a little bit of sense up against Houston. who You can run the ball against and they should score points. So I don't hate Joe Mixon this week, but he is not a guy that I'm, I'm rushing out to play. We do need to figure out what we're going to do at the position. We have forty six hundred left. I need a running back. I need a wide receiver and I need a flex spot. So where can I save that money? And honestly, I don't think it's at the running back position you know I've been saving money all year on Jalen Warren right it's been awesome playing Jalen Warren he's now up at 5k and up against Green Bay I still think you can play him this week but unfortunately him up at 5k now uh, makes it a little bit more difficult let's pull up his profile real quick we see he's pretty much hovered around you know 5k all season but he hasn't had the chalk right he hasn't had all these tremendous plays and so this week, he's going to be on my somewhat of an avoid list and Is somebody that, that I don't want to pivot down to to try and save money. I think A.J. Dillon makes some sense here. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of ownership off of him, but I'm really going to pivot to my guy, Antonio Gibson, who I talked about in the first segment. I think that Antonio Gibson is an excellent play this week. I think that Rico Dowdle makes some sense as well, by the way. Uh, I think that we could see some opportunities for him in garbage time. But I'm going to go ahead and go with my guy, Antonio Gibson, to try and save a little bit of money, although it's not a ton. I don't think that there's a guy that you can pivot down to that we've seen over the past few weeks where I feel comfortable doing so. But Antonio Gibson's about as low as I can go on the running back totem pole. Meanwhile, wide receiver, I have 4,600 left per player. I'm looking here at like Christian Watson-type realm of guys. I think the Brandon Cooks make some sense. I think Rashid Shaheed. Up against Minnesota, sexy at forty three hundred, and and as I pivot down, guys like like Reed, like Reynolds, you know, if we think that we want to fade Amon St Brown, we could go that route. But we already have Amon Ross St Brown in our lineups. We already have Montgomery. I don't want to spread myself too thin in this matchup. Uh, meanwhile, Elijah Moore with Sean Watson could be a fun play up against Baltimore, although it is a tough, tough defense for me. For me, I'm going to go back up here towards the top and I'm going to look at Jackson Smith and Jigba out of the slot for Seattle. I know that we already have Antonio Gibson and I know that it made a lot of sense to play Sam Howe or play Gibson in this Sam Howe matchup, but I personally would like to try to, I guess, leverage the opportunity to get out of that game, but still have shares in that game and think that Jackson Smith and Jigba can get me there. I now have 5,200 left for that flex position. You know, Marquise Brown uh, should see plenty of opportunities with Kyler Murray. We know they played college together. We know that they succeeded at that level throughout college. And although it didn't take off last year, Marquise Brown is a dude that's been reliable, should see the targets, And, and I think could perform at that level that you need in order to get us over that hump for DFS. Meanwhile, we have Hawkinson, who, you know, I love, and I'm not against playing double tight end scenarios. Uh, Jalen Warren is somebody that we brought up, but I'm most likely not going to pivot to him. So I'm going to go ahead and get Marquise Brown in here just to give you guys a, a little bit of, I guess, uh, uh, viewership or exposure to what Marquise Brown has done. He's done nothing essentially over the past four weeks, but, He's been playing in a situation where they've been so hyper-focused on him. We're getting James Conner back, right? We're getting Kyler Murray back. We don't know how much Kyler Murray's going to run. I think that we're going to see plenty of dropbacks. I think that he's going to see a couple deep targets, and I really love Marquise Brown uh, for this week in terms of a one-off from the Atlanta and Arizona game. Let's go ahead and submit this lineup. We have Jared Goff, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Amon St. Brown, Keenan Allen, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Donald Parham, Marquise Brown, and the Arizona Cardinals defense. We are in there, folks. We are in there. You know what else is in there, though, is is Mark Garcia over there with the First Mover podcast on Player Profiler every Monday. If you guys don't check that out and, and don't allow yourself to be prepared for the DFS week so that it can open your mind as to some of the play opportunities that are happening... Uh, you know, it's it's absolutely absurd. You should go check out the First Mover podcast over there on Player Profiler, which comes out at the beginning of every single week. The dude's brilliant. He gives us game theories that allows us to kind of, I guess, uh, build uh, these these lineups and these rosters on DraftKings to allow us to get to that final point and that payout. All right, let's go ahead and check out one more contest. We're going to the 50k Fair Catch Single Entry. Draft a team. And I brought up a little bit about this Arizona Atlanta game. I just touched on it, but I think that there is actually a play here to really make things happen. And that's Taylor Hennigy who listen, Taylor Hennigy wasn't great last week. I think he threw for 268 yards and a touchdown with one interception, not too impressive, but Taylor Hennigy can have these games where he's actually worth playing. And at 5,100, you're really not missing out on anything in terms of like, oh man, I wish I could pivot to this person, fifty-one hundred or, or less than four K. I mean, I don't want to play Kenny Pickett up against Green Bay, right? I, I don't want to sit there and try and roll out Baker Mayfield up against Tennessee. I'm going to go with my boy Henneke, who I think is in an excellent spot. And if you guys haven't heard, he is very excited to bring back his boy Drake London. Drake London's healthy, and we know how Henneke loves to lock in on his alpha receiver. We saw it with Terry McLaurin throughout his days in Washington. I think that Drake London is that alpha and Henneke came out and he's like, I've thrown to McLaurin, right? I, I've thrown to Jahan Dotson. Those are great receivers, but they're not, they don't have the size that Drake London has. They don't have that wingspan, right? Like we're talking about a massive dude. Of course I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Taylor Henneke is excited to have Drake London playing this week up against Arizona. I, I think that we're going to see him hyper-targeted. I wouldn't be shocked to see over 10 targets in a, Probably a 30% target share going to Drake London this week. Arizona can't shut down anybody, but especially the alpha receivers. I mean, these are the alphas that have played, right? The, the primary wide receivers that have played. And I should say the outside wide receivers, maybe not the alpha, but the outside wide receivers that the, the Arizona, or the Arizona Cardinals have played thus far in the season. I'm talking about Isaiah Hodges at 14 points, Michael Gallup at 15.2 points. Ayuk. points. Uh, Chase had a monster game. I didn't even do the math on that because it was so massive. Jake Bobo, 16, right? And then Mari Cooper had 25 points against him last week. I mean, these guys did most of the damage on the outside. And I know that they're all different receivers than what Drake London is. I mean, Jake Bobo has a similar game. Isaiah Hodgins, lesser version, but still a similar game. I mean, we could easily see Drake London just absolutely Dunk, dunk on the Arizona Cardinals this week. And they're they're subpar secondary. I love Drake London. So I'm going to do a build around this. We talked about Marquise Brown. I think that he's going to see more than enough volume this week. So I'm going to go ahead and throw him in this lineup up against the Falcons secondary. I I know the Falcons typically get beat, beat in the inside. And it's an interesting spot, of course. I might as well throw him in here. Um, when we talk about the possibility of McBride. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with with Prey McBride, and I'm going to pivot off of Marquise Brown for this one in hopes that it will be a, a, um, a concentrated point distribution where it's not a high-scoring game on the slate, but these guys are all going to see the targets, going to get the touchdowns, and that has us sitting pretty at 5,900. We'll throw a placeholder defense up again, Let's go with the Buccaneers up against the Tennessee Titans as our placeholder defense right now. We can always pivot off that if we decide that we like something else. But 6,500. So we're sitting very similar to where we sat with the Washington lineup and the remaining players that we have on this. I need a stud in here. And one of the studs I really didn't get to talk about was Christian McCaffrey. Jacksonville has not been good up against pass-catching running backs. Uh, they've been crushed in the receiving game all season and i think that cmc could do that he should see a concentration of targets and one of my flyers that i would like to talk about is also on the 49ers when it comes to debo samuel so maybe i'll pivot over debo samuel uh, he should see f- sub five percent ownership which i think is interesting and over pursuit has killed jacksonville thus far in the season so have slot receivers That speed on Jacksonville is amazing, right? They got some of the fastest defenders in the NFL, but it's leading to over-pursuits, which the 49ers are great with, especially when it comes to involving Debo Samuel in this game. Uh, Slot receivers, meanwhile, have absolutely destroyed destroyed Jacksonville, like I brought up earlier. I think it's going to be a Debo Samuel-type game coming back from an injury. So I could either go Christian McCaffrey here or Debo. Let me plug in Christian McCaffrey. Let me actually plug Christian McCaffrey in the flex and just see what we're looking at for the rest. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here at 6K. We can make this happen pretty easily. Uh, Kenneth Walker is interesting for Seattle. We know that Washington lost their two edge rushers. And man, we saw the what happened with that with Ramondre Stevenson literally rushing to the corner right off the right tackle and busting a 68-yard run last week. Kenneth Walker could easily do the same I'm going to go ahead and get Kenneth Walker in this lineup. I like him this week. Don't love him, but I like him a lot. Uh, Meanwhile, you're talking about people probably going to pivot off him, going with Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is going to be kind of chalky this week. So I don't think Kenneth Walker is going to see nearly the ownership that we would expect to see on this type of matchup just because of the people that he's around and the matchups that they have. Meanwhile, we have 5,500 left. We have Taylor Hineke, Kenneth Walker, Drake, London, Trey McBride, Christian McCaffrey in the flex with the Buccaneers defense. All right. Where should we go from here? I mean, Noah Brown is an interesting prospect. Let me me look at Noah Brown's ownership, or Noah's Brown price. I don't think he's going to see a ton of ownership, and at 3,700, it's fun. But I'd almost rather play Tank Dell and and hope that this game doesn't hit big. I think this game is going to be very chalky. I think Joe Burrow is likely going to be the highest-owned quarterback when it's all said and done. And then without Higgins in and thinking that Jamar Chase does play, Jamar Chase might be one of the highest wide receivers owned uh, on the slate. Joe Mixon, once again, like I talked about, probably going to be one of the highest-owned running backs. So where do we go from here? In terms of trying to leverage off this. Noah Brown's interesting. But I think I'm going to still stick with my boy Tank Dell. I think that he fits in this this build. Let's see what his pricing is at real quick. Yeah, 5500 Let me go with Tank Dell and plug him into this one. Which means that we got to get a wide receiver over there. From Cincinnati. And I think Tyler Boyd makes an interesting case. To kind of pivot off the chalk a little bit. To not have to pay up at the wide receiver position, his pricing is at forty six hundred. And although Houston's been okay on the outside, they've struggled in the slot to an extent. I think Tyler Boyd moves to the outside on some of the plays, but I still think he gets some slot snaps. We plug him in. We're sitting at sixty three hundred left for the running back. I love this. Yeah, I'm not going to have to pivot off Christian McCaffrey. I think that that there is a lineup that I will play where Debo. Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy are in there and then I run it back with uh, Christian Kirk I think would probably be the run back on that one Uh, but yeah because they'll just drop everybody back into coverage they're going to shut out Ingram so that's going to leave a lot of opportunities for Christian Kirk yeah I I would definitely do a Brock Purdy lineup with Christian McCaffrey and Debo that's not going to happen on this one I have 6300 left for the running back we're looking at Mari Cooper. God Debo would be great. Oh, we're looking at running back. I apologize. So we have Joe Mixon, Gus Edwards, Bijan Robinson is kind of fun here. I know we talked about a concentrated level of points, but if Bijan does get involved in the receiving game, which he has not been this past two weeks, I think we make an interesting case for Bijan to be that dude. I don't know that we need to because we don't have any chalky plays outside of maybe Trey McBride. I think Trey McBride's going to be chalk. I I don't think there's another chalk play that's on this lineup. I don't see another person playing this lineup, especially in a single entry. So we don't need to get any different than this. But I, I just love that position that we're sitting in with him. Could play Joe Mixon. I've never played Joe Mixon in a live show for a DFS matchup. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that could leverage that's leveraging off of the game on the, the Houston Cincinnati game. That's leveraging off Joe Burrow. I'm going Joe Mixon right here, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Joe Mixon. So we're sitting here with Taylor Heneke, Kenneth Walker, Joe Mixon, Drake London, tank Dell, Boyd, McBride, McCaffrey and the Buccaneers defense. Keep in mind y'all like this is just a skeleton build, right? So if you want to go and you want to play the same lineup and you just want to switch Joe Mixon out with Bijan, I highly encourage that. If you're somebody likes Rashad White this week, although I think he's going to be chalk, I would highly encourage getting him in instead of Joe mixing it. Right? You can kind of pivot and use these uh as as skeleton builds if you want to get off kenneth walker player and jones you can do all of that right even david montgomery you can pivot up if you get off kenneth walker you want to go to david montgomery right this is just here to create a guide for you all to use to apply it and honestly when you go check out the dfs dominator over there on player profiler you could use the the base build that i had right this the taylor henneke with drake london and uh but who else did I have uh, Trey McBride build, and then just fill it in, fill it in using DFS dominator over there on PlayerProfiler.com. It's one of the best apps to use. Just use my skeleton build and go over there and get your own lineups done. Go, go do 150 of them. It's super easy to use. Listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure you all go follow me over there on Twitter at FF underscore intervention, right? Oh, let me hit submit on this before I get out. Enter this lineup. Go so follow me over there on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. If you guys do have starter sick questions, you can bring them over to me on there. Of course, we also have that show every Sunday morning. You gonna go check it out on our social media platforms for your starter sick questions. Be sure to go check all of us over there. And thank you guys for joining me tonight. I will see you next Friday on the
0: big tilt.